Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, as always, joined by my co-host, Ed Carball. And weekly, we are brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Check out AllAccessMMA.com for video podcast, MMA news, and MMA stories. Ed, uh, busy past weekend. Hmm. A lot to talk about. Hmm. A lot of fallout from the events. <laughs> Not sure where exactly you want to start. Uh, I know the first event. Well, yeah, mentioned was obviously Bella. Yeah. Uh, you want to you want to go there? Yeah, we might as well go. We might as well go through the weekend as it happened because uh, funny how you you know I always message you my 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 uh, what uh, I, I can't hatred say hatred for John McCarthy. <laughs> Not hatred, but like Not my, hatred. My, my my disposition on his, his him, him calling fights. That's usually how we start a Bellator night from coast to coast. And then, uh, um, you know, as the fight goes on, uh, you know, we, we, we get to the main event. I mean, great card. It's a great, great event. I mean, the Apache uh, Mix advanced uh, by submitting uh, Magomed. So it looks like the Magomed, uh, the Magomed shtick didn't, didn't stick with it. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then we had the, uh, the Stotts versus Sabatello. And uh, you actually messaged me. You're fucking Doug Crosby. Like instantly. Instantly yeah. I heard his name. I was like, I think I even I messaged you prior to even the last announced thing, uh, scorecard. Um, pretty wild to hear 50-45 uh, for a losing <laughs> mm-hmm. fighter. Uh, I think I saw a couple stats that said that that might be the first time in MMA, MMA history that uh, that has ever happened. Uh I, I mean, <laughs> you know, you want to go deep into this. It's just crazy to me that we've talked about this mm-hmm. guy for like uh, multiple times on this mm-hmm. show. So the fact that like we're able to acknowledge that there's something going on here <clears throat> and something's not right, you know, and, and it mm-hmm. kind of goes back to he seems to do a lot of the uh, Mohegan Sun shows and the East Coast shows, mm-hmm. which was why maybe Mazzuli coming after BKFC for being, you know, I know it was different subjects, but I was kind of like, dude, you like, there's a lot going on in your commission that you're not taking care of. So it's mm-hmm. funny. You shouldn't be necessarily throwing stones <laughs> at uh, Montana or those other commissions that he was mm-hmm. going after for licensing mm-hmm. fighters and stuff. Um, you know, any, any event that passed Doug Crosby, Sal Diamato, because, because Sal, Sal Diamato's, flying under the radar here too he mm-hmm. his uh he, he doesn't he he's the the stats came out you know for like uh the judges that i saw and it was in the scorecards basically mm-hmm. how many times would they were the dissenting scorecard and oh you're the, talking about the thing that fontana put up from the new york post there you i think yeah, that yeah. was it yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean yeah it's how the amato stats didn't look good but crosby was brought to light this weekend we've talked about him in the past mm-hmm. you've mentioned several times chael sonnen had an interview with him two um, Two interviews where he came yeah. off looking terrible. Um, he's banned from actually judging certain fighters' fights, which I know of other no other judge that that's the case from, um, other than other than yeah. uh, you know self interest or, or uh, you know, but nothing nothing because of like criminal intent. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I but what do they have to do? Like, like what do they have to do to? To, to stop, like, just stop using the fucking guy I mean, or fire him or whatever they do with these officials because, you know, the guy, I mean, I know you mentioned other judges. There's a lot of other judges that we we, we know their names and it's not for good reason. 
and you should never know their name. You know, like like people know who Adelaide Bird is because she's she's just you know the nepotism or whatever it is. That's why she's got her mm-hmm. position and, and and um you know notorious bad calls. I mean, like, but this guy, it's like he he publicly stated he's got beef with folks from Sarah Longo that whole Iakinta connection, and and he publicly said like he'll score against him just because of whatever fucking beef he's got with them, which is something stupid. That's what I meant by criminal, you know, not not actually yeah. criminal, but kind of criminal when you're talking about basically fixing a fight uh, against a, a fighter yeah. because of a personal beef. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 so they can't. So that he's he's given you evidence to show that he will he can't be, you know, objective because he's flat out saying I'll score against these guys just because I don't fucking like them. And then the next thing you know, you know, if you if you listen to the him. On chill that those two podcasts that Chelsea and I did. And I want to say 2015, 2016. I don't know the episode number, but like, you know, Sonnen gets in an argument with him on the first one, and then he has him back the following week, which is like to and and he couldn't he simply could not answer the question, what kind of training do you have that makes you a, a you know what to be an official like a judge? Like what what is there any form of training? He just couldn't answer it, and he was—I don't know if he was drunk or high. I think there was a girl giggling in the background or something because it was a, like a phone interview through the like. It's just like the the guy seems like whatever his his deal is. You need to stop having him there. And to your point with the Mike Mazzulli thing, like how many times did he have to fuck up before you say that you're going to look into him? Apparently, he says he's going to look into all three judges that are going to be reviewed, but. Um, the 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 results of the findings are not going to be made public. So the way I take that is, you're just saying you're going to do something about it, but you ain't really going to do shit about it. The only way you'll know something was done about it is if you never see his name again. And that's what uh, Aaron Brunstetter from TSN said was like because of that 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 statement from the commission that came out from the Bellator event. Uh, Mazzulli, you know, it, it closes with that. The results will not be made public. Mm-hmm. So Brunstetter was like. That's how you'll know something was done if you never see the fucking guy again. But um, I mean, I guess that's the oddly enough, he's what takes us into UFC 282, which was a pretty, pretty great card, regardless of how the main event got screwed up and going into it and the whole, you know, uh, um, the two fights that went to a decision are the ones that that kind of made the, the 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 news, and um. Uh, the one in particular, Patty Pimblet versus Jared Gordon, again, fucking Doug Crosby's name is on it. And it's just like, 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 how do you go from East Coast to West Coast and, and, and get your, your, your name? And the thing is, like, the, I don't know the guy, never saw him, but like those two, from what I heard, the way his behavior when, when Sonnen had him on the podcast, like in my mind, the guy's a narcissist, and I, I I just have this weird feeling in my gut that he's sitting home, rubbing his hands together, watching everyone complain, and just giggling his ass off. Like it's it's probably fun for him. I I I just I I I never disliked someone that I never really met, but there's just enough stuff out there to be like, yo, I don't don't like. <laughs> Fucking stay, stay away from the sport. Stay away from the sport. No, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I, I don't I don't know. All three judges scored it for uh Pimblet, and mm. I don't 
it was one of those things. I mean, it was blatantly obvious that it was a, a I guess at best, a terrible decision, mm-hmm. and at worst, a corrupt decision. I mean, you know, it just 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 seeing Dana White's reaction with the barstool guys is amateur yeah. hour. Like they got a gamble. You got a gambling. Uh, in the they're in Nevada. They're in the middle of like a gambling uh, <laughs> yeah. investigation. They're in Las Vegas. You know, yeah. it's in Las Vegas. You're. It just there's so much going on in the UFC. It's yeah. it's crazy right now. It's crazy right now because how we had for 20 years all you heard about was how it was Japan. Japan's corrupt. Japan <laughs> lets their fighters use steroids. Now, meanwhile, we've got guys ducking out of their contract to take steroids and then come back and avoid testing. So no different, no different, really. Just say you're not going to test anymore. We got that. <laughs> we always heard it was the Yakuza fight fixes. Remember all the fixed fights in pride, even though only like the average person can only name like three, mm-hmm. but or from the early days, but anybody that knows UFC can name two or three of themselves before we even start getting into how many potentially of these James Krause fights or mm-hmm. other fights in the UFC. We'll see what the investigation comes out had stuff going on. I mean, that's the one thing that can really bring down the sport, mm-hmm. you know, is, is when you got that going on. We heard about pride having fixed fi- or you know, judges, corrupt judges. Now, <laughs> we got, you know, it never, it just, it just goes to show that it's just, it's the sport. The sport's going to involve drugs. It's well, going to involve corruption. Sport. Yeah, every it's every sport. sport. It's every sport. So there's like no reason to, to, to act like we're in some golden era of this, you know, clean sport with, Nothing going on. There's clearly something going on. Mm-hmm. You cannot score that fight 50-45 without there being some kind of either predetermined in his mind. Like I heard somebody say that he just maybe he just he seems to want to go the way the the promoters would go, which mm-hmm. would lead to believe that maybe somebody slipping somebody some money just to kind of always maybe not specifically for the fight, but mm-hmm. if you give somebody you know fifty thousand bucks you know, eight months ago, you still, mm-hmm. they probably still got your back, <laughs> you know? So, and again, who knows, God, hopefully that doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Cause that's the one thing, you know, that gets out and that's on, that's bad for the whole sport. Yeah. Um, maybe not bring down the sport, but <laughs> bring down the UFC. If you had a gambling controversy mm-hmm. and then found out that judges were not. Yeah. So here's the other like weird thing that I found, you know, like you mentioned that clip that I saw that clip too, about uh, when, when, when uh, Dana White's talking to, Portnoy and them and they're listening to the decision and and you know he nods like yeah that that's that's how it was supposed to go type of deal um you know it's perception everyone can look at that and think what they want but here the the the, the thing that makes me kind of side with that thinking looking at that clip is in the post fight press conference <laughs> when he's asked about that fight he faults that you know he says something about the judging and he faults Jared Gordon Apparently, Patty Pimblett did nothing wrong, you know. And of course, I mean, you you were on the guy's podcast like four days before, so you like like it's so clear that 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 what Tony Ferguson called Dana White privilege is actually a thing. Like, if it, it could not be more apparent, um, Jared Gordon wants a rematch. I wrote no about way. that. No way they'll give him a rematch. Yeah. But Jared Gordon, he literally wants a rematch and wants to do it in London. And you know, he's a charitable charitable guy. I know one thing Pimblett said is like that like he wants to do whatever some whatever charity kind of like something together um with with Gordon to to kind of help, you know, in whatever causes they're involved in that they to the two of them can do it together. Gordon says he's got no no hard feelings about it. 
He's even willing to face him at, on the London card, you know, in March next year. Um, I feel I, I think it's warranted the rematch. If you got this with this much bad press, I mean, if anything, uh, one thing Gordon said, he was like, if anything, his stock went up. He's, he never thought his, his stock would go up from losing a fight, but his stock actually went up because more people were like, you know, yo, even he, he said when he spoke to TMZ, he was like, there's even like, Patty Pimblett fans that were like, yo, not for nothing. You got robbed, dude. Oh, no, I, there's no doubt. But that's why he that's why his stock in theory went up. But like mm-hmm. he also said that he only got paid his show money. So like, what is the value of your stock? Really? Like, uh, why? Why well, are you to the bro- company you fight for? Yeah, it's kind of fucked to up. The company. Yeah. So so you're going to go basically uh, be on the main card mm-hmm. in London type. This guy, he could win a decision in London. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if he's still I don't know if he finishes. Pimblet, like I have, there was no evidence of like that he's gonna necessarily finish him in that fight. Although he seemed to, you know, I, I thought he won the fight clearly. You know, if anything, closer to thirty twenty seven than than even twenty nine twenty eight. So one but, thing, but you know, go ahead. Sorry. No, one thing is, I, I feel like, you know, people always talk about when they get to to the UFC, it's you, you see what type of elite level fighters are at, or whether or not where they deserve to be. Um, I think Patty Pimblett, um, I don't want to use the word exposed, but like, you know, in the pre-fight presser, Ilya Toporia and Pimblett were kind of going at it. And after watching his performance on the same card, you know, like if, if I don't think Patty Pimblett's going to be, you know, <laughs> talking shit to Ilya Toporia any, anytime soon. Because uh, Pimblet has to work his way up the rankings. I mean, if the rankings still mean anything, um, I, I mean, I, I think I honestly think Gordon does win the rematch. I think he'll train harder for it. Um, I, 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 he dominated. I don't want to say dominated, but he was definitely more. He had more control. Pimblet's, you know, argument was damage versus control, and that's why he won. You know, I guess if you're Doug Crosby, that's that's the case, but. Um, I think he wins a rematch. I hope he gets the rematch. I but think here, here's I, the thing. You mentioned that real quick. Sorry to cut you off. And, and but mm-hmm. you bring up a good, good point. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with Douglas Crosby because <laughs> it's the opposite of what he did in the Sabatello fight. He gave five rounds to a guy who controlled his opponent but really never damaged him. And then the next night he comes back <laughs> and he uses a totally different judging criteria to give it to Pimblet. Because then all of a sudden it was like, okay, he's being controlled, but he landed a few shots. While the night before he completely ignored everything that Stotts did on this back where he was elbowing yeah. him and landing bigger strikes. Sorry to cut you off there, but no. John dawned on me that that's, that's another yeah. uh, thing that happened in that fight. So you were talking about a rematch. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I feel like, I don't think, unless they offer Gordon a lot of money to do it, but I don't see yeah. the UFC having a reason to do that. Mm-hmm. Why the UFC doesn't want Pimblet to lose? We're we're basically pointing at that right now. So why would you put him in against a, another guy, a guy who just beat him? <laughs> you know, if, like I don't know if you you almost can't risk him losing to a guy like Jared Gordon. Yeah. He's got to either have squash matches he can win or lose to a ranked fighter mm-hmm. to save face. Because if he loses to a ranked fighter, suddenly he's going to be green again. He'll be green. He'll get the oh okay well. You know the Paige Van Zant treatment, where it was like, okay, well, he's, he can still main event, he can still 
he can still be a big name. Okay, oh, oops, he lost twice. You know? Uh, well, he bled a lot, and he fought hard and didn't give up. So mm-hmm. we'll give him another main, you know? But as long as he's fighting, you know, the Rose Nami Unises of the lightweight division, which mm-hmm. is guys that are going to smoke him. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I, I don't I don't know. I, 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 It just seems to me that the UFC really screwed Jared Gordon. The fact that he didn't get any kind of extra money, at least that he would talk about, mm-hmm. is kind of disgraceful. Yeah. Um, and it just it, – like, why is Dana White even over with David Pornoy? Like, what does he have to – like, why are they even face to face? Money folk, you, like money folk, man. They, you know I what I'm know, saying? Like, <laughs> but like, of all the people in the arena who he could be standing next to, you probably shouldn't stand next to the head sponsor for one of the guys that's getting fight. You know, that's in the the, the cage and mm. getting the, the name read off. It just looks terrible in, in the midst of all this other stuff that's going on. It just seems it seems uh, seems brain dead. It I seems mean, just talk like, about brain dead. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if anyone watched. No one literally talked about it. I watched it to see if I could get something to write about. And I, it was like a sleep aid watching uh, the ESPN Brett Okamoto interview with Dana White's fucking Merry Christmas and have a great you know, New Year fucking interview that they did. So Dana White, when he was asked about the uh, the gambling thing after in, after UFC 282, you know, you know, he, he starts off answering Mike Bone from MMA Junkie calmly. And then he's like, you know, how the fuck should I know? And gets, you know. Go goes standard Dana White, and then of course you know when he's but he mentioned that he was like oh I got an interview with Akimoto coming out where I'm going to address uh I'm going to address that he literally said less than he said like he addressed it you know in the way that you I can't really talk about it it's being the investigation is going on that that's how he addressed it but um it was the, the most softball interview I have ever seen and um like i mean he's obviously obviously Brett Akimoto is is like their their new you know their guy for for trying to make them shine or whatever but it was it was it's a snooze fest if you watch it. i tweeted it like the the came out it's it's the it's probably the worst interview i've ever seen i mean they're literally it's like a watching a first date you know what's your favorite what's your favorite candy what are you doing for christmas like it's the, those are the questions that he asked them like seriously <laughs> So, um, yeah, that that's and I mean, just talking about, you know, things to come in 2023, which which was already announced. I don't know why that came out after they recorded it on fight week and it came out after everything. I'm not sure what the planning behind that was or what the, the point of it really was. But um, it's definitely something that uh, that it, like it's just looking real. You know, I, we, I said this before, like the UFC, it's not for us anymore. It's really not for us anymore. It seems like they're they're making all these events and marketing it towards other people. I don't know who the other people are, but whoever they are, they're part of that same club that George Carlin said we're not a part of. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I I just think that they're they just try to make money any way that they can, mm-hmm. and and it doesn't matter if it's good or bad for the sport or for the growth or anything, you know. But there were some highlights, um, mm-hmm. and we obviously still want to. But I guess another kind of hiccup is was the main event that night: Jan Blakovich, uh versus Megomed Ankileyev. Um, ends in a draw, so a still split draw, which split is weird. Draw. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, but that's what happens when one judge gives a 10-8. When, <laughs> if more judges gave 10-8s, then, then we would have draws a lot more often. And and, uh, and it's obviously discouraged 
despite it being like in the rules that you're supposed to do it. So like, that's even another thing where like, uh, you know, promoters have come out in the past, not to name anybody specifically, but, and, uh, but just consider how few draws there have been in the UFC. Like the odds mm-hmm. of that are, are almost insane. So we got one this night, which throws a monkey wrench into the plans for the future for the light heavyweight, but not for long. Um, because as the fight cards were basically being read off as a decision, we basically instantly found out that Glover Teixeira and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremiah Hill will uh, be fighting uh, at, at the next UFC. Yeah. Uh, well, the, yeah, the next pay per view in in Brazil, uh, headlining. Yeah over Figueiredo and Moreno. And like, I know that we usually go with the bigger weight classes over the top, like, but, but with them too, it's like, come like, on. Like... I, first of all, like I was like, everybody kept saying, Oh, they need a main event. And I was kind of like, well, do they really, they, well, they don't need a co-main event. I mean, <laughs> shouldn't that be kind of the shining star for the event? Like, Anyone that doesn't like that fight, <laughs> like is a, is a fucking retard. I like, like, like not for nothing. Like, I'll watch. I'll watch them fight ten times. Figueiredo and Moreno. If you, if you want to know why, watch their last fights, and tell me if you're not. You don't fucking feel like throwing yourself out the window from excitement because that's of why the, I was. Strange. Yeah, yeah. I think I said Jeremiah. I meant Jamal Hill. I don't know why that slipped my mind. But um, hey, if you're not screwing up names on this podcast, yeah, we'll, I'm not doing my we'll, job. <laughs> I'm not trying. Uh, the. Uh, so that that that'll headline Brazil now. Uh, but the and... fucked up thing is that Anthony Linehart Smith gets left in the lurch now, you know, and he was on the on the ESPN broadcast table when that news came out. Um, I feel like he was kind of quelling his reaction because he's like, "Holy shit, you know, on TV, let me not let me not go crazy and throw my headset at the at the at the monitor guy," you know. But I mean, I, I would imagine somebody kind of hinted like like uh, I think it was John Anik was like, "Maybe they'll compensate you in some other way." Kind of yeah. like, yeah, fucking pay me. Whatever fight I can take next, pay me a lot to do it if it's not going to be for... Yeah, well, Anik jumped in and kind of saved Lionheart from yeah. potentially going off the rails because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I don't think he would have. I think he's professional enough not mm. to have. But I think he thought... Uh, it, but you can't imagine what's going through somebody's head when you've been training for a guy because that fight's been announced for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, it, it, Just crazy. But the other thing that leaves this open for more chaos is if Glover Teixeira were to win and then retire because he's 42, 43 years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of thought he should have retired after winning the title because I thought it was a good storybook ending and I thought he was always going to have trouble with Yuri uh, Prohaska. But yeah. uh, but he has a chance now to do it in Brazil, win the title. You know, he started, his career started down there in Brazil. Uh, he You know, he had trouble getting a, a, a visa to come to the U.S. to fight mm-hmm. for for. Years yeah. and years. It, it seems like the perfect storybook ending if you were to win the fight, a fight he's likely to be favored in, mm-hmm. um, and, and win the title, <coughs> retire, which would then again vacate the title, and <laughs> then then who knows what you have. You know, any other organization would do a Grand Prix, and the UFC, meanwhile, will just pick up mm-hmm. two random ranked fighters and call it a title fight. Because, I mean, you know, I... It just seems weird to throw this fight together so quickly. They couldn't wait for Ankulev uh, Glover in in January, but you know because this last well, he's not getting any younger. You know, like he was supposed to fight this past week. You know what I mean? Uh Like like this. So I guess they have to give him something to try to you know 
figure because again, he, you know, he is thinking about retiring and stuff like that. So I, I, I get all that, but um, I don't know, man. It's it's just like I know they have a lot of new fighters that they sign with the contender series and stuff like that. They gotta have they have more stars to make or whatever their plan is. But um, I mean, the UFC is definitely morphing into some different kind of beast. That that I don't know. I don't know what to look forward to in 2023, but one thing we kind of we're getting hints of uh, we've mentioned before in the podcast and um, Michael Shannon was talking about how it how cool it would be if he could fight uh, McGregor in July or I forget what, where else he's he mentioned. I forget what the full quote was, but like, like uh, I feel like he wouldn't be saying it if it wasn't something that was a conversation that was happening, you know. No, and Dana White didn't tell somebody to shut the fuck up for asking a question about it. You know? <laughs> so there's likely to be some, you know, who knows shut exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm but... going to start. When you ask me questions I don't know the answer to, I'm just going to say to you, how the fuck would I know? Just say it like, <laughs> That's the perfect say it like that. Yeah. Just, just as rudely as you can for yeah. a question that you clearly have some see, answer see on. See how, how far that gets me in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought now. Uh, <laughs> Oh, the Chandler fight. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a couple things. Uh, it's I don't. It hurts me to think that International Fight Week would be headlined by a non-title fight mm-hmm. by a guy coming back off of well, by by two dudes on losing streaks. You know, as much as I like Michael Chandler, mm-hmm. and as much as I like watching Conor McGregor fight. Um, it it seems it 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 seems devaluing of a pay per view. Like I get I get the fight has well the fight will be fireworks. Mm-hmm. I think it would be bad. I've mentioned I thought it would be bad for Michael Chandler. I think Michael Chandler gets hit too much, and I think McGregor throws too straight and crisp of a crisp of a punch, and I think he obliterates Michael Chandler. The Michael Chandler I see now. So sadly, that's sadly for me. Um, as I've stated many times, he's one of my favorite fighters of all time. But uh, I just it seems like a bad matchup for me. Mm. Um, and I it, it I think it I think it's bad to reward Conor McGregor with a headlining international fight week after he's lost a couple in a row. He hasn't won in seems like forever. Um, we know why he's not getting drug tested for a year. Uh, I it just so they'll do it. I mean, <laughs> they'll do it, but it just, it doesn't seem like it should be the main event to me. That's mm-hmm. the, uh, to me, that should be a co-main event. Like that's, that should be a co-main event under, uh, John Jones and Ganu or something like that. Like, and I'm not, God, we're rewarding John Jones, but you know, there should be, should be a title fight and it should be a big title fight that headlines obviously over McGregor. So for me, that's the heavyweight championship. That's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe the, 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 you know, potentially Usman nowadays, if it was the Walter Waite, um, some guys who have earned like that big, big headlining fight, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Pahea versus uh, whoever unfolds for the, uh, may, you know, maybe, uh, maybe uh, Hill beats Glover and then mm-hmm. uh, Pahea tries to, goes up to 205 to try yeah. to avenge, avenge his mentor. And uh, hey, oh, that, that, see that. And, and that's a great story. That's, that's good matchmaking right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's potential for stuff like that, mm-hmm. but just but the McGregor, like, I don't want to hear this. See that headlining, like that that, and it will because McGregor won't fight unless he's headlining. So, I, I the part of I, the respect I see, for having that power, but I just I don't know. 
I think that I think uh, I, I think they're definitely going to do the uh, Pajeda Adesanya rematch just because um, I, it's for them it's marketable. I think probably there's a lot of casuals that want it, um, but I mean it's 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 crazy. One thing I'll uh, uh, just to jump right back to Bellator. I mean now we got our final set um, with Stotts and um, um, Mix. I don't know how you see that fight going, but. Um, it's not it, the lead up. I don't think the lead up will be as fun as this was. This last one was, but who do you have between them two? Well, when the fight ended with the Megomeds, uh, double <laughs> Megomed against Mix, I said, okay, well, I'm from this point on, I'm never gonna bet against a guy named Patchy, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna stick with that. I think he's got his height, his 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 you know his body type, everything. He's mm. just huge for that weight class. Um, he makes everybody else look small, uh, and I think he's just—I think he's kind—he of, kind of reminds me a lot of Anthony or uh, AJ McKee. Yeah. Um, I feel like that kind of now that you know, and even up to this fight, obviously, you know, take away the Mega Meds, I'm probably leaning towards Patchy Mix just well, based off the fact he dominated Horiguchi, like what yeah. he's done in the past. Um, it it well, obviously, the, but yeah. No, no, yeah. The thing about dominating Horiguchi, you're right about that. And the other thing is you. You don't get a lot of guys finishing Dagestani fighters these days, and the fact that he hit that that choke on him is a is a huge feather in his cap. That like not to sleep on Patchy Mix. He might be a man of little words, you know. So so you can't the the selling point of of going back and forth with because Rafian's great on the mic, he's he's great in the cage too. So you'll have that one aspect not there, but because of they're both so good, I honestly think this fight is going to be. Like, like I see them Chandler Alvarez levels of, of competition between the two of them. I, I think they're both going to go for broke. And whoever wins that is going to be deserving of the million dollars. And, the, you know, obviously the interim title. And then obviously whoever wins that gets to fight uh, uh, Sergio Pettis because he'll be back from the men and ready to go. So, yeah, I mean, I... I... Uh, yeah, I just it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. Gonna be fun. It's, it's, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Uh, you know, I'll, but I, I, Patchy Mix just seems like he's he's the guy right now to me mm-hmm. after after that performance. Like you said, like he finished the guy. So like just that alone, like you start it starts to elevate you to like okay, maybe there's something more special about this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you know maybe he's maybe he is a level better. You mm-hmm. know, and he lost a title fight. Um, no, no harm, no foul in that. You know, I mean. That- no, he even said like he was like you know I was too young I didn't know as much as I do now and like now I'm a little more mature I'm a little I'm a, I, I like he learned from the loss and we're seeing him like literally win his way back up to to you know another title shot and obviously the finals of this Grand Prix um, the the it's it, it's one of the things I love about watching this sport especially with these young guys that's why again we we talked about you mentioned it last week. You know, people like to shit on Beltor that oh, you know, oh, they they like to grab old for they don't build anybody. Patchy Mix is a guy that they built. AJ McKee is a guy that they've built up, and and all these guys in the in the in, the, in this Grand Prix. And uh, I've I've always thought the 135 division in Bellator was the best in, in the entire sport. I know folks are, you know, trying to try to say otherwise because of who they follow, but I mean, as long as I've been watching mm-hmm. MMA, Bellator's 135ers have it's murderers row. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> It's gonna be fun. I'm curious to try to figure out how Stotts uh, wins that fight, but mm-hmm. I, but obviously he's excited. You know, he's the interim champ right now, and mm-hmm. um, 
Sabatello is a tough matchup for anybody. Mm. You're, you're likely not to have like a bunch of highlights fighting Danny, Danny Sabatello. Yeah. You know, likely you're, you just got to survive and, and do enough. And, and I think that Stotts did just enough. I, I mean, yeah. I, I would have been, it would have been, there was no, there could be no robbery in that fight if it was 20 or if it was, you know, uh, uh, 48 47 if it's three mm. rounds to two for either fighter there's no robbery Th- that it was close but when you get, but 50 45 that's that's asinine even yeah. four rounds to one really for either guy would have been probably pushing it uh that would have led me to wonder what you know you're watching but three rounds to two either way there was you know definitely a couple close rounds where things could have swayed slightly but um yeah good fight um and so, and just one thing to, to before we leave that one alone is uh and they're they're all young so like like uh, we're probably going to see Stotts and Sabatello fight each other again you know what i mean like they're all young fighters so so that's the other thing about the 135ers in Bellator you know there's no there's not like a, a Joe Warren there who I, who's actually somebody i really liked when he was a 135 champ there but like you know like like it's just um everybody no matter what happens you know, if they're not great now, or you don't see the greatness in them now. They're going to be great later. Sabatello's obviously got got the it factor to to be a star, and he just gets a little bit better. You know, against against higher level guys or guys that are a little bit better than him, then we're definitely going to see him headlining many future cards. You know, in the days to come, as long as Bellator keeps 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 him on the roster. So, I think um, you know, as we're Closing out the year, I think Bellator, as much as people like to complain about them not promoting well or whatever, like don't sleep on them. They're, they put the information out there. You're just not looking at it because you're looking at other shit. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, like you know, they have the the, the Bellator Rising card coming up at the end of the year. Um, I know the UFC has one more event this weekend with Cannoneer and Strickland facing each other in the main event, and then tomorrow for for my jujitsu grappling heads, the Fight Pass Invitational, which you know I love. They have Gordon Ryan. Um, against Vinny Magalhaes, he's probably going to break Vinny Magalhaes' leg, but I, I know Magalhaes has a win over him from some other competition, so there is a, a story there for folks that doesn't that that don't know. But I mean, Gordon Ryan is is a lot bigger <laughs> than the last time that they made face each other, and um, I feel like uh, I feel like we're just gonna uh, submission only grappling is being showcased so much. I I. I I wanted to try to. I want Scott Coker to try to like add that to YouTube Beltor YouTube or something. You know, Chael Sonnen's back in bed with Beltor again. So I don't mean to phrase it that way, but like you know, he hasn't done anything with submission underground. Maybe maybe uh, make that part of a. You know, they did Beltor kickboxing, do uh, Beltor grappling, Bellator underground. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, also, be a mosquito. Uh, one of the female jujitsu aces. Uh, she faces Misha Tate that that night. Uh, that's right. That's right. I, I, yeah. I covered the EBI event where uh, Bia dominated, uh, won the tournament, um, and uh, kind of followed her career as best as you know from an outside perspective. Uh, she's one of the females that I kind of keep an eye on. So uh, she she's likely to just destroy Misha Tate. Um, this is probably just uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, the thing that got me is I, I saw it pop up, and you know, my first thing is to look for tickets. You know what they were charging to go to this thing? No, for this. What do you? Yeah. What do you? What do you think? No, I'm not going to guess because <laughs> because the, the the cheapest seat in like uh, an EBI kind of setup with just mm. some bleachers around the thing, it was four hundred to seven hundred dollars for tickets. 
for the Fight Pass Invitational tomorrow. For the Fight Pass Invitational. All right. <laughs> I mean, I think that's all you really can say is nothing because it's I, not for hey like i said it's not for it's, us it's anymore. crazy it's absolutely it's crazy us. i couldn't believe when i saw <laughs> that they wanted four hundred dollars just to get in the door put those but, three letters on the on the logo and it's not for us anymore you know and it's it's not i don't know i mean it's not some super over the top submission event gordon ryan's on it Vinny megalese gordon ryan's probably going to dominate be mosquito's going to you're going to destroy Misha Tate. And then you have an absolute tournament, I think maybe mm-hmm. an open weight tournament, but like not a lot of like, I don't know. I don't recognize the names like popping off on me. Like I'm looking at, I haven't looked at the rest of the names. I have to check them out, yeah. but I am going to be, I mean, I I'll, I'll be, be ignorant on it, but either way, it's not worth anywhere near that, that amount of money. Not for a ticket. No, no, sorry. So, sorry. Uh, competitors. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just EBI events cost. We're like 35 bucks to get in the door. Yeah, no, I've, I've been to fight to wins and, and, uh, we got one out here, men of war, the one that Jillian competes in. And, uh, and I know, uh, I think um, when I was going to do the ADCCs with Nate, I, th- I think those tickets were like maybe 120 or something like that. That's the most I've ever seen. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it is what it is. I guess I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe Zuckerberg will be in the crowd cheering on uh, Gordon Ryan and 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 all his pastiness. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we still have tickets available. Are you checking? <laughs> okay, we may have. Yeah, where's. Do they have like VIP? Like, is there champagne and shit that comes with? Not, let's see. They may have <laughs> dropped prices on some seats. Yeah, I mean, it is the night before. If they're not moving any, then I would assume the price would go down. Okay, yeah, no, the price went down quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. You can, you can. There's a, there's only a handful of tickets left, and now you can get in the door for a hundred bucks. Normal, thank you. You know, but yeah, no, it was it was four to seven hundred when I, when I first, uh, I first, when they first went on sale, and then I'm glad to see people didn't, didn't gobble that up, uh, yeah. and, and the prices had to drop. To, uh, to something semi-reasonable. Um, Liz Carmouche. Need to give her credit. I didn't think she'd win the fight. She oh, yeah. Standing. I meant to rub uh, that in your face, too. Yeah. <laughs> distracted so, by other things, but yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah Crosby <laughs> threw, that, uh, threw that into confusion, but I got to give her credit. She looked outstanding. Uh, picked up a brutal armbar finish. Uh, defended the title. Yeah, she's a mean uh, woman. Told you. Yeah, I knew that. I just thought that. Uh, that <laughs> Not mean, but I mean, like, if you fight her, she's that's a mean oh, lady. Yeah, she's gritty, yeah. and, you know, she she kicked ass. So credit where credit is due. Uh, I can eat my crow on that one. I I, uh, <laughs> I was completely wrong. Um, so uh, credit there. Um, in the UFC, uh, Tapura, we were both wrong on this fight. Uh, another looked uh, looked absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Uh, taking out Bryce Mitchell. Um I mean, dominating, dominating the yeah. fight. Uh, like, yeah, like if you if Tapuria wasn't really on your radar before that, it's like, damn, dude. I mean, way to shut me the hell up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I knew he was good. I thought Mitchell would would be able to kind of control on the ground, but uh, not uh, even. He, it not. seemed like we were dealing with you know uh, 
Hall of Famer versus an amateur in that fight. It was and his power, really like shocking. every punch he threw, it looked like he was trying to like launch himself out of the cage. Yeah. Like he was literally pulling, putting all his weight and weight he lost behind every punch. It was crazy. Crazy. Um, Alex Morono looked good, and then he got blasted by uh, by Ponzinibbio. Uh, but fun fight. Uh, mm. You know, good knockout. Uh, Darren Till looked terrible. Uh, Duplessis, <laughs> yeah, looked all right. That was <laughs> a know? great fight, though. They got they got fight of the night honors on that, and I thought they both deserved it because of the fact that you know they both had their moments, and then they didn't have their moment. You know, there's there was moments when du- Duplessis looked like he was exhausted, and then he seemed to come back, and you know what I mean. Like it was um that there was, that was there was heart, there was heart. It was just kind of you sloppy. Know, everybody got bonus. Like everyone got fifty thousand dollars that did a, that got a finish on that card. Uh, Dana White gave him fifty fifty k bonuses. So obviously the only ones that didn't were Patty Pimble, who had the fucking gall to ask for one, and then uh, you know the main event. <laughs> so yeah, uh, interesting. I did not know that. Uh, Rosenstruck, dominant. Quick mm-hmm. knockout. So, like you said, uh, uh, Roses Jr. looked great for an 18 year old kid. Doesn't oh, look man. like 18 year old in the cage. Um, curious to see what they do with him. Because uh, I know it kind of got brought up, maybe him fighting Sterling. I know it wasn't real necessarily, but uh, mm-hmm. you know it did make the news. There's a there's a small part of me, maybe a bigger <laughs> part that I really like. That would kind of like to see something like that. If if we're just if nothing's gonna matter, if rankings aren't gonna matter, <laughs> yeah. you know, if Jorge Masvidal is gonna get another title shot, if these kind of things are gonna happen in this sport, then then why not? Like there can never be an eighteen year old champion if you never give an eighteen year old a chance to win the championship. You know, obviously we want to look out for the guys, but like it just seems like uh, that might be something to really get. Uh, get something that we we've never seen before and maybe get some eyes uh you know or at least it'd be a huge storyline looks like we've lost ed no, here i'm here oh. I just make, my camera died oh his camera died so um looking at blue-eyed uh carbazol <laughs> uh, on the screen now but uh yeah i mean i don't know obviously i doubt that happens but it, there is something there because he does seem to have that it factor that um and that special ability to to beat people in a cage. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, that's pretty much. Hold on. Here's yeah. This uh, they someone met, I I heard something else about Till's knee. Kevin Nicholson, uh, Mr. MMA injury report himself. Till's knee is a mess. He said after the fight, he may have tore his ACL again. I had read that somewhere else uh, as well, Kevin. And um, I mean, you know, it's funny. Talking about knees, uh, the ACL in particular, I spoke with Zachary Hicks, who's fighting on uh, Spectation Sports this weekend at the uh, uh, Nashville Underground event. And um, he's actually had both of his replaced. And, um, you know, I have the audio of these interviews, but they don't let me use, you know, they're, they're for written pieces. But one of the things he told me the first time I talked to him was like when he had them replaced, he was like, my knees are actually better than than they've ever been. So I guess it depends on your body, and and he's fighting. Uh, Hicks is fighting Fred Freeman on um, at a catchweight at the uh, Nashville Underground. So I have uh, spectationsports.com. If you sign up with them, use code Carbazel to twenty percent off your first month or your first year, whatever you sign up for. But 
Um, the whole reason I brought him up was he <clears throat> he said that um, his knees, he's actually on a two-fight win streak since he's coming back from surgery. And then, you know, you have the opposite side of the spectrum with Darren Till, where it seems like he's just falling apart. Like, the Darren Till that was on the rise, you know, ever since he's had his issues, it, it just looks like, it just looks like it's it's not his day anymore, or or you know, like if he's gonna have surgery again, you got to wonder. I mean, I don't know, Dominic. Like, is he gonna be like Dominic Cruz and come back, you know, and and win? You know, I, I who knows with him now. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Um, he can't fight. One eighty five is too big for him. He needs to fight mm. one seventy if he's going to fight. He's got to get in extremely good shape. Uh, but uh, it's definitely not good uh, that, that that happened. Um, we, you know, it's just so casually how we talk about a lot of guys blowing out their knees and stuff. And it's like, it's not, I mean, it's better now than it used to be, obviously, but yeah. it's just crazy. Some of the injuries that uh, uh, I don't like to talk about my knees bother me as it is. So <laughs> as a, as an old, you know, you know, hobbyist grappler. So when I hear about knee stuff, I, I always get a little uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. Uh, I thought the mascot Halo was going to go raise hell, but well, that's all right. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're already wrapping things up anyway, so we, you might as well go deal with her. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that does pretty much wrap us up. Um, fans can follow the show at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. You can always check us out weekly at allaccessmma.com. You can follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. F- follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram, and Oldhead Carb on Twitch. Uh, and you can also check out, when you check him out on Twitter, you can ch- see the show there, too. So, a bunch of options. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, Kevin, for the comments. And uh, have a night. good night, everyone. And uh, just real quick, before we wrap it up, I wanted to dedicate this week's podcast to... Uh, Miss Melanie Williams, a friend of mine, passed away uh, last week. Um, somebody I grew up with. So uh, rest in peace, Melanie. Uh, you will be missed.